listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the hard water capital of the world, also <laughs> known as Edmond, Oklahoma, where I am enjoying the rain for the last 12 hours. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I feel better than I sound, and I'm already sick of the rain. I'm Andrew Hoffman. Sick of the rain? Buddy. Yeah. Sacrilege. Aren't you a Northwesterner? I know. I was sick of it already. <laughs> Let's get back to the sunshine. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying it. I think, the, I think the grass and the trees are greener than they were when I woke up this morning. That's how fast it happens around here. <laughs> And you can tell by everybody having allergies. There's a big allergy issue right now. Yeah. All the plants yeah. in the whole area get all wet and then just bloom at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Pollen in the air and uh, uh, all kinds of... Spring Spring is abound. So Spring is sprung. Spring yeah. is sprung, yeah. Although it's... Yeah. Went from being over 80 to in the 50s, but yeah, it's... Yeah, we had an interesting, we had tornadoes last week and uh, yeah, some rain this week, so keeping it interesting. Keeping it interesting. T-ball was canceled yesterday, so you know it was serious. Yeah. (laughs) I never even got back to my intro, by the way. I was editing the show last week and my intro was like, we're T-ball games turning into sandstorms, but I guess you can figure that out. Uh, We're not wetting the the dirt in the outfields here before the T-ball games, so... (laughs) That wind gets to picking up and just blows dirt in everybody's teeth and face and stuff. So it's a little bit of wind, a little bit of wind here. Like you pointed out a few podcasts ago, uh, it's the state song. First line of the song talks about the wind coming, sweeping down the plane. So, yeah. And then I think it's mentioned again, <laughs> it's a multi-mentioned wind in the state song there. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so big week this week. I was on Solutions Watch, which will air next week. So depending on when you're listening to this, that may or may not be out yet. But, uh, you know, I 
had a whole bunch of stuff to say and forgot most of it, but James and Brock West will put it together and make it turn out all right. So it'll should be worth watching. Very good, very good. Well, congratulations so, on the Solutions a, Watch episode, and uh, yeah, look forward to, to checking it out. Yeah, so one thing I've <clears throat> forgot to mention, did you know that the Washington Post actually used to do journalism? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so uh, guess the year on this story. Chlorine in water raises risk of cancer. Hmm. Washington Post. Conspiracy rag, Washington Post. Well, obviously the easy answer would be the last five or ten years, but you're asking me as you. So what I'm going to say is... 1982. That's real good. That's a real good guess. Yeah. And the year I was born. Uh, but it is 1980. Ah, the year I was born. The year you were born. So, <laughs> so yes, they have known that in for some cancers, uh, you know, 93% more likely to get it if you're drinking chlorinated water. You know, other times, 75% more likely. So... This has been known since 1980, and yet uh, here in 2023, everybody's still getting chlorine and chloramine dumped into their water. So, so my Berkey should be able to stop the chlorine, right? Chlorine is easier to get out than ah, um, than the other. Yeah, that you carbon previously. <coughs> carbon filters should be getting the chlorine out. Yes, and it's weird because the top of the Berkey smells like chlorine. So the the other kind of issue with that is that you're not showering in Berkey water. No, I have a Sprite water filter in the in the. So if you have, shower, if, if you have a good shower filter, that would certainly help that too. Yep. So yeah, I have a, I, they call it a Sprite Sprite filter water shower. I don't know if it's so. as good. Probably not, but I do have one in there. So. So that was kind of my thesis that. You know, the chlorine's kind of been underrated by the alt-media, you know, community. Like, we have we have covered fluoride. We've yeah. done a good job with fluoride, which is important. But uh, chlorine, not great. And that all to prevent waterborne illness, which I looked up uh, the worst outbreaks of waterborne illness in America's history... We went from 1925 to 1985 without a notable case of it. Wow. So it's like, okay, so you're dumping chemicals which end up raising the risk of cancer dramatically in some cases. And it's all to fight something that isn't an actual problem. Like, uh, they say, oh, everyone would get dysentery if we didn't put chlorine in the water. Eh. Just really not true. There's no no evidence for that, but no widespread evidence. There's no any evidence of it, but yeah. <laughs> well, so. it's like the Smilex. You got to have it in uh, every you know, little bit, little bit here, a little bit there. You know. Yeah, 
Yeah, chlorine so the, alone won't kill you. But believe it or not, chlorine wasn't the big story this week. What were the were the big like Andrew sends a text message to Tim stories of the week? Well, I don't know, but I know that <laughs> the one that Tim sends a text message to Andrew equally as important. What was that one? Well, I mean, you said Tucker Carlson out. Of Fox. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said Don Lamont, the overnight <laughs> legend, out at CNN. And he's like so shocked at it. It's like, did you not figure it out when the new management came in and like took away your primetime show and put you in <laughs> like some horrible morning time slot? Like, you didn't see this coming, but I'm shocked. He apparently didn't. So. Uh, Robert Malone posted on the Tucker Carlson news that BlackRock owns 15.1% of the Fox Corporation. So, it's something to keep in mind. Adam Curry, who just had surgery today, I think. That's uh, true. Yep. So, Tina posted that he's home and recovering, and thank you for all the prayers and kind words there. Um, but uh, Adam tweeted... Pfizer fired Tucker Carlson, which uh, might be an oversimplification, but is I think fairly accurate. Yeah, so no, I think it's I think it's probably know. true. So that was the you can get into a whole lot of stuff, but uh, interviewing RFK Jr. You know, being willing to question. Eventually, for quite a while, he kind of stayed away from it. But being questioning big pharma products, it was not allowed to do that. Not when uh, you know that's a large percentage of your advertising. So, yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. I have to note a disturbing, and I've something else I've noticed in this last couple of weeks ever since well just last few days since tucker was let go it's all part of the uh QAnon operation i've seen way more QAnon posts over the last oh no it's yeah. coming back they are really ramping up oh that's so yeah. good yeah so i thought you were going to say that you weren't recording but i have been i'm recording okay. I've, i i even okay, i even had a recorded our our joyful uh, pre-show banter. Pre-show banter. So <laughs> I have I have it all. But uh, all right, good deal. Yeah, uh, you you kind of led me into one of my clips here, I guess. With your, uh, did you know that uh, the Washington Post used to do actual news? Oh, sweet. Let's hear it. Yeah, we got. Uh, this is a. Uh, we'll call it the Luke Rigowski style approach. This is a gentleman who gets in front of. Uh, editor of the New York Times while they're up there hobnobbing and talking about who knows what in uh, is it not here and then of course I do this whole intro and I can't find my clip oh come on Timothy what do we got going on here well let, let me throw in because it's still on the same subject mm-hmm. we talked about Pfizer buying Cgen. Uh, Okay. But I did not realize that CGEN stands for Seattle Genetics Corporation. That it's a really? Seattle thing. 
Yeah. I did not know that. So it's like a, yeah. Uh, the Cancer Pharmaceutical C-Gen, huh. formerly Seattle Genetics. Purchased them for $43 billion, and their revenue in 2022 was $2 billion, which seems like a lot to pay for, you know. But apparently they expect uh, they expect cancer to be as uh, Albert Borla caught himself from saying one of the biggest markets out there <laughs> uh, editor of the New York Times and the Washington Post on stage answering questions and confronted by a gentleman from the crowd I guess they were at a point where they were going to take questions so they started passing around a microphone and a nice young African American gentleman stands up and hits him with this I, I just I'm looking for the one with Seymour Hirsch because it's a policy and press hall event so Shouldn't we be talking about the Nord Stream since that's the biggest story of the century? And you guys, you know, I mean, you have the executive editor of the New York Times there who came out with a phony story to try and block Seymour Hirsch. It just it's just kind of funny how that happened. You know, I mean, did you even acknowledge Seymour Hirsch? All of you are executive editors of papers that broke Pentagon, Me Lai, Watergate. Is this the same papers or not? I mean, is there anything you've gotten right? in the last 20 years or am I mistaken about that? I mean, it's just kind of funny because Iraq, wrong, Syria, wrong, Russiagate, really wrong, okay? I mean, the list goes on and on. So the last thing you could do to try and actually fix your reputation is acknowledge that through leaks, we had to find out that Zelensky was going to bomb Moscow on the anniversary. I mean, if you're so impartial, shouldn't you at least say, right, that Zelensky was going to bring us on the verge of World War III? That seems pretty fair. While Julian Assange rots in prison, all of you got, you know, fat checks because he's in jail for doing your job. And you know what? Tucker Carlson ain't no Seymour Hirsch, but he did something you guys are scared to do. Speak the truth and actually be critical of the war, which is why he was actually fired from Fox. Because you are all cowards, every single one of you. None of you have actually had any relevancy. And you know what? The mainstream press is now dying. Nobody's ever going to listen to you again. You have no credibility with the public. The only people who care about what you have to say are elite who have nothing productive to say anymore. And it's dying off. So will you at least say something either about Nord Stream or Ukraine or the fact that Zelensky brought us to the verge of World War III and the only reason we knew about that was through leaks? I'm, go ahead. It's a free speech event, right? You guys are the press. Let's say something here. Mr. Khan, come on. You know, you're the executive head of the New York Times, you know? I'm just trying to get into some good trouble here, man. Listen, Karen, get out of my face for a second. I got to talk to these gentlemen. Well, I just want to hear what they have to say. Go ahead. I'm done. Wait your turn. Wait your turn. You're not gonna tell him to you. Come. Wait your turn. You could you could project if we can't. Yeah. So thank you. All right. I do think that we need to give 
uh, our moderator a chance to ask other questions. We're on the verge of World War III. Say something about this bombing. We blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Listen, don't stand there while there are people rotting in prison. Nobody said anything about Uhuru, right? The socialists who are in jail for being critical of this war? God Looks like I got a little bit of cleanup to do on that one, but I, I love that he says "say something," and I think the editor of the New York Times says "goodbye, a hole." <laughs> Doesn't address a single thing he says. So I I have questions. So I'm assuming there's video with this. Yes, yes, yes. This is so the audio version. What are the circumstances where this was a, like a hobnobbing of yes. newspaper editors yes. event. And from, and from what I could tell, you have two things working against you. This is just a guess, but I, I don't know. This is just from a out of context clip that I found of this situation. But it appears that our, our, our hero in this case, the man with the microphone sat through whatever insanity was taking place. Right. Can you imagine the oh. on the state? So he like, waited until there was a microphone because he has a mic so at that point you know it's a town hall situation or whatever let's pass around the microphone to a few other people who have the same views that we do and have them ask important questions so i can respond with me too so then the assumption was he sits through it 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 was a hundred percent like their people Yes. There was yes. no. There was no. Yes. And somehow this guy snuck in because he's black. Is probably the only reason that he I wasn't. I was going to say that was the second thing yeah. is that they gave him a little more time to to do this because they didn't want the optics of <laughs> ripping the mic away from the black man. <laughs> I think it might have been that. I think it might have been. So, but uh, he went on and on and on. That oh, was yeah, crazy. And, and, well, they're standing around him, so the he gets. It takes him a while. It takes him a full minute before security starts like moving towards him. And then when he mentions the Karen, there's some lady like standing in front of him trying to block his way, <laughs> like like just so weird. But then eventually they like they eventually they hit the rip the microphone out of his hand point. But no, he d- he did some serious prep for that though because yeah, he had a great rap there at the beginning of all the different. I agree, and he kept so. he kept talking like he was going to get cut off, and I was like, "Hey, this guy's just going to keep going. It's awesome." And they just yeah. they have this look on their face, just this like, just this like, uh, like, uh, oh, oh no, one of the unclean think, I, ones got in. I can't think of this. I can't. I can't say this without thinking about like one of my because I got little kids. It looks like a kid with a dirty diaper. Like they're just like. Uh. <laughs> They know that they've done something wrong. They, they don't uh, just they got they're covered in poop. Just there's no other way to say it. Yeah, there's there's no like <laughs> like how dare you question us? Like we're we're telling the truth here. You know, there's none of that. It's just like oh, you know, they let them go and then throw them out. I guess I don't know. I don't know. But did I, they throw them out at the end? Oh yeah, yeah. He gets totally ripped out of there. Yeah, yeah but microphone stays and he's I mean, it, yanked out with a yeah that was a crazy amount of time to be able to pull something like that off but. three minutes three minutes he's yelling at the editor of the new york times and the editor of the uh, washington post so i, I like it i like how said, you know you guys got me you got all this stuff have you got anything right in the last 20 years and you hear the oh, 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 oh like they all laughed like they had no no response to that so when uh when we had our intro put together, 
Mm-hmm. Remember I said, like, oh, we should take that JFK clip out because it's a little misleading. That's the yeah, patriot mythology. Yeah. Because uh, it sounds like he's talking about, you know, secret societies the way we think of it. And he was really talking about communism. Sure. But, but I, uh, I thought it, that it, it's still worth it because we're still dealing with communism. So, <laughs> well, and it was all it was all done. So yeah, it was it's fine. But uh, did you hear uh, James Corbett's episode on that speech? No. So he he played the entire speech. Okay. And it was actually to a newspaper editor group. And what the point of the speech was is because these communists are so bad, you guys need to stop like reporting stuff that we don't want reported. That was the message of the speech. Of the, like from, you got to keep our military stuff quiet. He's like, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, it's not a government thing because you got the First Amendment. But if you're patriotic Americans, you will. Uh, choose carefully what you report on from that the military is up to so jfk is telling the press to not report on everything yes that's the point of that speech Hmm. so very interesting because i i knew he was talking the secret society's thing was about communism but i i wasn't aware of the full full speech or the full con you know reason for the speech so i don't know I, I like I said I I thought we it was okay to keep it in because we're still dealing with communism. <laughs> it never yeah. like in the, the, the it never really went away the Fabian Society and the whole I think the revolution we're going through right now. Yeah, it's just the the misleading part is if you're thinking it's he's talking about like the Bilderberg Group or you know sure. the Illuminati or if because uh, there's some presentations of that clip. Where it's like, oh, this is what got him killed. This was the week before he was right. No, no, shot. And I'm not, and that, I'm that's not, not true at all. I'm not saying yeah. that at all either. And if you listen to those clips, there's no rhyme or reason to them because, like, the first one is obviously truth with Eisenhower saying, "Watch out for the military-industrial conflicts." And then you get that one, and then it goes right into George H. <coughs> w. saying, "We're gonna make a new world order." And then it's like, "You're with us, or you're with the terrorists." So it starts with like a warning, and then it just slowly gets worse. Right. Right. And they're kind of iconic moments, whether it's about this or that. So I thought yep. that it, it goes together well. And our, our editor, now that he is no longer audio editing, he is back to work in Canada at his old job because now it's okay. <laughs> he's allowed to work. Now he's allowed to Justin work. Justin Trudeau is allowing him to work again. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. So kind him of him. But uh, he, Trudeau came out and said, uh, I never... St- I never forced anyone to get vaccinated. That's what they're all going to say, man. That's what they're all going to say. So, so I, I just said you couldn't get on a plane or a train or work for the government or, or work or anywhere fly, or that works for the government or, yeah, fly a plane. I'm looking oh, at you. But that's not, that's not forcing you. Give me a break. That's what they're all going to say, man. It's like... There's such an implicit arrogance of the idea of like, I can tell you, you have to do something or you lose your job. And that's still a choice on your part. Like 
everyone's independently wealthy to just decide whether to work or not. Like that's not how that's not how real people are living. Like it's, I mean, you you still ultimately make your own choice, but the decision to like, am I going to take the vaccine or am I going to not take the vaccine knowing that I will not be able to provide for my family? A little different story than, uh, you know, Oh, I just, they just decided. And then people were, uh, putting, I threw the Viva Fry clip on there where he's, I'm speaking directly directly to the children today only 50% of you are vaccinated that and it goes through the whole thing but uh, yeah that's that is why you know that's why the NFL did it the way they did it they can say oh we never mandated it we just made it so if you were a borderline NFL talent are you and not someone like it closer to the mic than usual I get a lot of Got a lot of modulation. Is about the same distance and everything. It's about the same distance. I don't have that cover thing on it though. Sorry, might might help. I don't know. But uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. NFL, uh, same thing. You, you know, you we didn't force you to, but we'll make your whole team suffer if you uh, don't do it. Right. Yeah. And we will treat you with different different you know, rules than different everybody rules. else. Um. All right. Well, we're, and, we're and we'll tell next. your agent that you probably won't get picked up by anyone <laughs> if you're not vaccinated. So, yeah. but we're not forcing you, and that's it. So, like you said, Trudeau, that'll be the same thing. You know, I mean, that's, that was Trump's deal. I'm not going to force anyone, but he let the military mandate it. So, yeah. Trump's coming back, man. QAnon. I'm starting to see it everywhere. I'm like, oh, mm. this post looks good. This is looks looks like, oh no. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, speaking of Trump, I guess we'll get right into it. I have a couple of big clips here. Do you want Do you want to go in a specific direction or? No, go for it. All right. So you said. I could not uh, find a... So there's a, a video out. Did you see the video on election fraud that uh, Katie... Not Katie. So I, Katie Hobbs is the wrong person. Carrie Lake was putting out. No, I did not. Somebody... I don't know if she's related to this campaign, but this was like a, hey, share this everywhere thing. This is an election fraud. I got two big clips. They're a little bit over five minutes each. But I couldn't find any fat to trim off uh so i think we'll just take it in two small parts but uh this is just a just a refresher for anybody out there you know you get to talking to people oh you think that the 2020 election was rigged you're crazy there's no there's no proof there's no widespread evidence don't you and here's the one i've heard a lot the courts not a single one of the courts found any evidence of widespread voter fraud you know all the courts threw out the you know case because there was no evidence they all looked at it uh, none of that's true. None of that is true. None of it's true at all. And uh, here is a gentleman who has put everything together in a clear, concise, about 10 or 12 minutes. I split it into a couple pieces here, but uh, I think it's I think it's worth it. So here we go. 
No matter which side of the fence people have been on, they've been saying, show me the evidence. I'll believe it when I see the evidence. And people on both sides agree that something went terribly wrong in November 2020, but there really has been no comprehensive place to see the evidence of widespread fraud until now. This video is pure data, so don't get mad. You can't be angry when a scientist confirms that gravity pulls downward at negative 9.8 meters per second squared, even when that fact works against the narrative you've heard. So here we go. Just before we show you some new disturbing video evidence, we'll talk about statistical anomalies in three states in question. In the early hours of November 4th, 20... I didn't even think of this, but does the flat earthers, do you guys not even believe in gravity? Is this the thing? Do we start off on the wrong foot with half of our listeners now? No, there's no gravity. It's just a, a myth. So it just up is up, down is down. It's all about buoyancy. So he starts off with a very clear, this is what it is. And well, I mean, that, that's far. the that's the rate that things fall. Okay, so it works. Okay, all right, good. Yeah. For yeah, all of our fine. listeners. Okay. <laughs> Democratic candidate Joe Biden received several major vote spikes in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia, suddenly placing him in the lead when he had been trailing Trump by a significant margin. 8,954 individual vote updates were analyzed. Across nearly all updates, there follows a clear statistical pattern. However, a very small number of batches are especially questionable. The four most notable aberrations were two in Michigan, one in Wisconsin, and one in Georgia. And all occurred in the same five-hour window, in the middle of the night, when in some places, counting reportedly had stopped. Not only do these updates not follow generally observed patterns, but their behavior is particularly extreme. For context, using publicly available data from the New York Times, here is a visualization of the number of votes by candidate in Michigan from the beginning of the election night to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on November 4th. Trump is in red, Biden is in blue. Notice the sudden and improbable spike in votes for Biden at 6.30 a.m., where Biden received 141,258 votes, while Trump only received 5,968. This extreme ratio is surrounded by updates that are nearly the same in ratio. This particular update is 23 times more votes for Biden, and is the most extreme update favoring Biden in all datasets across all states. The situation in Wisconsin is even more stark. A single update to the vote count brought Biden from trailing by over 100,000 votes into the lead. Thirdly, a vote update in Georgia at 1.34 a.m. Eastern Time on November 4th, which shows 136,155 votes for Joe Biden and only 29,115 for Donald Trump. The extents of these four vote spikes in question are more than the margin of victory in all three states, which means the spikes were not only abnormal in regards to percentage for Joe Biden, but also in magnitude of the vote count. Out of roughly 9,000 updates, this election was decided by only four extreme updates, each with a probability of less than one-tenth of one percent, meaning that had these four unlikely updates not happened, we would have a different president in the White House. Detractors argue that these spikes were merely human error and not indication of fraud, and the errors have been corrected. If the errors have been corrected, where is their evidence? Why were the results never changed? Others have said that the spikes indicate heavily democratic precincts. If that were the case, then California would show many spikes of that magnitude, but it doesn't. Only one vote update in California is anomalous in percentage of Biden votes, but not enough magnitude to shift an outcome. The strangest anomaly visible in the data is a consistently identical ratio of Biden to Trump votes across time, which is theoretically impossible. Here is Florida. These updates occurred over a week following the election. Notice all the ratios of Biden to Trump votes are 100% identical over several days. This pattern shows up in many states. 
it appears that a computer algorithm is involved in the process, which is doing something called weighted race distribution, a feature of Diebold voting machines known as early as 2001, which gives values to votes rather than simply counting them. Here in California, we see an update of one vote. About 65% of that value is given to Biden and 32% to Trump. How can one vote go to more than one person? It is well known and not disputed that Diebold's software was found to be switching votes through programming in past elections. Even though Diebold is no longer used, Dominion Voting Systems acquired ESNS in 2010, which had previously acquired Diebold under its new name of Premier Election Solutions. This does not exhaust all statistical data anomalies encountered in the 2020 election, but data anomalies is only one factor to consider. Next is eyewitness and video evidence. In Georgia, there's a case of a poll worker named Ruby who was seen on Instagram giving a secretive live video of her working in the back room filled with absentee ballots. I'm a look, I'm a let y'all see this. Okay, don't say nothing. Listen, look. At 10.30 p.m. on November 3rd, all media and poll watchers were told to leave State Farm Arena because ballot counting was going to stop. But Ruby and her daughter and three others remained behind at State Farm Arena. They pulled boxes of ballots out from under the table that was placed there in the morning and distributed them to several counting stations. Back to Fulton County, Georgia right now, where our reporter Blaine Alexander apparently has some new reporting on the expectations for that count. Well, Rachel, we've learned that the counting continues tonight. You know, right here in State Farm Arena behind me, we've learned that there are five people who are still inside, still working to scan those absentee ballots and try and get those numbers tabulated. Now, initially, we believe we were told that everybody went home at about 1030, but I just got off the phone with the county spokesperson who tells me that indeed there are still some people people in there quite literally burning the midnight oil, scanning ballot after ballot and trying to get that information in. And Blaine, specifically, you said five people are inside that building. That's five of five actual individuals who are working on all the absentees in Fulton County right now. Just five. Wow. Talk about having the sort of fate of the nation in your hands. Ruby is seen here in this video running the exact same stack of ballots to the machine three times. Other workers do the same. Note that a large surge in Biden votes can be observed after this tabulation at 0634 Greenwich Mean Time, which is 1.34 a.m. in Georgia, just after the time in question. You may ask, can a ballot really be counted more than once? Here is your answer from Coffee County, Georgia. Can you scan a ballot more than once? I've just done it. You just I'm talking it. about That's you the just, same batch that she's been doing. Yeah. You just keep scanning. Yeah. I just kept scanning you that same. Like, you just keep mm-hmm. I just scanned the same batches that y'all just voted. Mm-hmm. I never got any more until that one. I don't know why they approve such a system. Ruby allegedly posted this later on social media. Of course, the mainstream media calls this misinformation, and most references to these videos have been deleted from internet search results. Apple News the morning of the election sent out a push message to Apple News subscribers that elections are secure. So if it's true that election fraud is rare, what about Raquel Rodriguez? She was recently arrested for election fraud in Texas because of overwhelming video evidence incriminating herself that she was harvesting ballots for pay. Look at the top of the ticket to get votes for either Biden. How many votes do you think you can deliver for us? At least 5,000. And what are we looking at as far as how much that's going to cost? For the entire team that I'm looking at, I'm looking at 55000 So $55,000 for 5000 most confident and eager Biden. If not more, I'm not going to overpromise because remember, we, we're, we're 16 days till election day. 
you give, give me cash, you can do whatever you want to do. $55,000 up front, $5,000. That's right. All right. Thoughts on so that, Andrew? Who, who was that talking at the end? That was the Ruby person? Yeah. No, not the Ruby person. This is a different, this different lady who got arrested in uh, Texas. Oh, just about the 5,000 votes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In Texas, of all places. I don't know why she's selling votes in Texas, but uh, well, there you go. No, I mean, they have to make places like Oklahoma and Texas look closer than they really are. Yeah. You know, and we talked about that, how rural Oregon is probably like 90-10. Oh, yeah. It makes, and, makes, makes most but, of Oklahoma look... Liberal. Yeah, but the, but the votes come in 60-40. Well, and that, and it was explained in this clip. There was one vote in an update in the uh, California race, and sixty was it sixty four percent of it went to right. uh, to Biden, and the other thirty five percent went to Trump. It's thirty six percent. So that is exactly the numbers in the ratio I think that we're dealing with. They are giving two to one votes, mm-hmm. and I think that was the ratio that they did with with Clinton. And it still wasn't. It enough. still wasn't enough. And yeah. that's how we got. Well, Trump. they probably had to ramp it up even more with Biden. I mean, yep. because he's yeah, sleep at the wheel. So, yeah. I mean, this is it. Just it just keeps going. This is nonstop. Is another six minutes of this, but it it it's perfect to to kind of send this video and the link will be in the show notes. I downloaded an actual copy of the MP4 for me. I'll throw one up on the the show notes as well, it's just so everybody can get it if they want to. But this is this is the one to show your friends that. Oh, there's no election fraud. And it next up it gets into the court stuff. Oh, the courts none of the courts found any information about this. Do you know why that is, Andrew? Bonus question, special extra credit. Uh it's very difficult to find evidence that you don't look for. Not only or that. Refuse to look at. Yeah. Yeah, through the through the cases were thrown out before the court even looked at them. Right. It's uh it was the old well, you would need to bring this case before the election. Well, how do I bring an election fraud case before the election is taking place? Oh, well, you know, it's not, it's out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> so, yeah. And the Supreme Court uh, conveniently, you know, let that one slide. Yeah. So. And January 6th really was the last chance for the VP to say that he doesn't believe in the vote. And they couldn't let that happen because you see, America was put together with all these rules and all these things holding everybody, holding the government back from doing anything too crazy. And right. uh, they don't want to actually let the the wheels of. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but they don't want to let some of these more uh, esoteric processes take place. We have to have a fake overthrowing of the Capitol in order to make sure that we can. I vote in in light of today's danger to. What was it? To, what's the word? Something the vote? What's the vote? Yeah, so it was... Validate, I mean, they did a... They, did a vote. they scared most of the people who were... Certify. Certify, I was, yeah. I certify, I certify the vote. Well, the lady from Georgia was like, I don't certify it. And then it was after... The, after in light of today's violence, I, I certify. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so the... Yeah, they scared people, but they also then... Um, you know, they said, "Oh, nothing's going to happen tonight," and then they did it that night. Yep. 
And then it was, uh, oh, you're a horrible person. You know, the, the people who were going to do something, back down because of the because of the horrible violence. In of light January of the violence 6th. today. Yeah, yeah. Where we so was, invented t- two or three deaths. That was quite the op. It was quite the op, and it happened right in front of our eyes. Yeah. Then there is cybersecurity evidence in the question of whether Dominion voting machines were tampered with over internet connections. Signed affidavits under oath from cybersecurity experts indicate that Dominion voter systems and Edison Research were using an unencrypted VPN with login credentials that were easily accessible and used by foreign adversaries to monitor and manipulate votes. The IP addresses into the Edison Research host service went in both directions, meaning that not only were China and Iran and other countries accessing the servers, but also Edison Research was communicating back to these adversaries. The claims that Dominion voting machines were not connected to the internet are completely false. Cybersecurity experts have followed the communication of the data from Dominion voting servers and Edison Research to foreign countries. A simple web search will uncover that DominionVotingSystems.com is registered to a company in Hunan, China. Three of the seven board members of UBS Securities are Chinese nationals. That company owns Staple Street Capital, which in turn owns Dominion. On top of that, the Dominion software is licensed from Smartmatic, which is a Venezuelan-owned and controlled company, and we're all familiar with how their elections go. Furthermore, forensic audits of the machines reveal significant errors. Although the mainstream media and politicians are saying that it's dangerous misinformation that Dominion voting systems are unsecure, this was the very message that several left-leaning news sources were claiming less than a year ago. NBC News and PBS found out just how easy it is to hack voting machines or cast fake votes. It's important to know that Georgia just spent over a hundred, or is about to spend over a hundred million dollars on a contract with Dominion to provide image cast hardware to the state in time for the 20 uh, for the for the next primaries and for the 2020 election and yet here these kids were who had opened it up they said look you can pop the front off of it and here's a port you can get into right here that's easy you know all kinds of stuff that that you could certainly do within six minutes behind a curtain much less uh, if you had extra time because any of these were uh, connected to the web as we've discovered a couple days before um, so many of them are Despite opposition and attacks, election security experts were able to audit Dominion voting machines in Antrim County, Michigan, revealing unusually high error and adjudication rates. What does that mean? According to the report, Dominion Voting Systems is intentionally designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. Ballot errors are sent to adjudication, which means the vote can be decided by an election worker where there is no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. We've scanned 113,130 as of moments ago. We've adjudicated 106,000 plus of those. Experts identified an error rate of 68.05%, which is far above the Federal Election Commission guidelines of 0.0008%, or 1 in 250,000. Although vote adjudication logs are available for prior election years, Suspiciously, all the logs for the 2020 cycle were missing. Moreover, all security logs prior to 11.03 p.m. on November 4th are also missing. If that's not enough, the election event designer log shows that the Dominion Image Cast Precinct cards were reprogrammed on October 23rd and again on November 5th, which violates the Help America Vote Act, which includes a 90-day safe harbor period that prohibits changes to election systems, registries, hardware, and software updates without undergoing recertification. Even if skeptics and critics persist that these issues are inconsequential, they should be willing for forensic audits to take place for transparency, yet they have viciously attacked attempts to review logs. 
Why is that if there's nothing to hide? Election officials in Maricopa County, Arizona have even ignored subpoenas for release of election data and Dominion machine audits until after the inauguration. Then there's the mass influx of unsolicited mail-in ballots. The key word is unsolicited. In other words, people receiving ballots they never asked for. Politicians use the coronavirus to push mass mail-in ballots and extending the time to receive those ballots till many days after the election. There are many reports of people who voted in person also receiving multiple unsolicited ballots in the mail. People who did not send in a mail-in ballot denied in-person voting because they were told they had voted already by mail when they hadn't. This opened up chaos in the system and uncertainty as to who actually voted. Additionally, signature verification requirements were slackened in many states, adding even more uncertainty. In fact, the Pennsylvania Secretary of State unilaterally removed legislative signature requirements for mail-in ballots. More than a thousand signed affidavits have been given by poll workers who have witnessed illegal activities, non-equal treatment of Republican poll watchers, counting ballots in locations with no poll watchers, poll watchers not permitted close enough to see the counting process, shredding ballots, garbage bags full of ballots for Trump, entire boxes of hundreds of supposedly mail-in ballots that have no folds, indicating they were never actually mailed by anyone. The list goes on and on. These affidavits are signed by witnesses under penalty of perjury, so this should not have been taken lightly, but these witnesses were never heard in court. Unfortunately, what we have covered is only the tip of the iceberg on fraud, cover-ups, federal election law violations, and dishonesty on a global scale. So either the Secretary of State's office is recording and certifying results that have negative errors and fraudulent votes in them, or someone is giving them negative information. Recent polls show an overwhelming percentage of the U.S. don't trust the 2020 election was without fraud. At the end of this video, the credits will be further data scrolling through that you can read for yourself, and pause and go back and read again. So what can you do? Firstly, find a way to download this video and share it. Film it with your mobile phone. Do anything to duplicate this. Post it with a hashtag, here is the evidence, hashtag every legal vote. Because guaranteed, big tech and social media giants will do their best to erase it from the internet as they've already done with much of the evidence we've already shared. And if they can't erase it, they'll fake fact check it. Well, guess what? We've already done the fact checking. We've gone through thousands of pages of data, sworn affidavits, forensic reports, and cybersecurity reports. Secondly, you can demand election reform from your election state and local officials. We cannot let another election ever be this questionable ever again. This is the United States of America. People used to look to us on how to have democracy through our voting system. 2020 was a complete sham and it cannot ever happen again. That is a problem. <laughs> but vote harder next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The further we get away from it, the more... After, after kind of sitting down and, and watching this whole thing, I do recommend people watch the, the visuals, some of the charts and stuff. It reminds you of the blue lines that all appeared out of nowhere yeah. in the middle of the night. Um, the further we get away from it, so they're, they're really minimizing COVID... Oh, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Like you were saying, Trudeau, I didn't tell anybody they had to. You know, it was up, up to you. And they're really going to kind of gaslight us, pretend that, that none of that stuff ever happened. But the real, I mean, I see, I, I know why, because COVID affected everybody's life. But like that, that 2020 election, man. Because <laughs> it, it, was, it was going to be, if that, I mean, that was a landslide win for Trump. Right. Yeah. It was a landslide win for Trump and a middle finger to the establishment. And we don't want to, you know, you guys are out of control. 
and the whole thing backfired. It made more people want to vote for Trump. They thought, well, he's hand. Remember the whole angle? He's handling it bad. That's right. the thing. He he he's he not get, locking down hard enough. Yeah, he needs someone to. He tried to get rid of the uh, the pandemic response team. Can you believe that? Let's get rid of him. And, and they would do the counter. This many people have died under the president President Trump's watch. They they hit that they they hit that for seven months so hard eight months nine months just every every minute and still still it made nobody want to vote for like think you know this trump's a real problem i shouldn't vote for him all the same people who weren't going to vote for him in the first place didn't and everybody else was like no way man i'm voting for this guy because it seems like every Everybody else is nuts. And the pandemic showed us that. Remember, they canceled sports. So everybody started paying attention. They're like, what is going on? And, and it's, you know, like a half a month, a month into it. We're like, these celebrities are all idiots. Like, who knew? They're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like doing Skype calls. When from they have home. to do their own makeup from home. <laughs> yeah. Doing Skype calls from home, looking these worse. People than, are ugly and yeah. not even smart yeah. or interesting. Yeah. What is going on? I don't care about this. Like, Bring back sports. Oh, we can't do sports now either. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to pay attention to. Oh, they've shut down Vegas. There's no more gambling. Oh no. What you is got Dana, Dana White trying to buy a buy an island to put you yeah. know fights on? Yeah. And I'm like, let's, like we can't just stop sports. What are we doing? This can't happen. It, it, anyway, it made it, it was going to be a landslide. I bet somebody a hundred bucks, which I cannot believe I had to pay. <laughs> it was going to be a landslide win for Trump because you could just feel it. We, I, mm-hmm. we saw, we even started to see Trump signs in Seattle, and then we saw Culp signs, which were like undercover Trump signs. Like if you're voting against right. Inslee, you're Trump vote. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we started seeing those signs everywhere, and then Inslee, within like five minutes after the the, the polls closed, yep, wrap it up, we're done. Inslee wins again. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, how did check that, mark. How did that work? <laughs> How did yeah. that work? And then watching the whole thing live on Fox News the night of. And uh, Fox News calling Arizona before like, Arizona's going to going to Biden. And it's like, you, I could feel them lying. You know, I remember right. walking outside yeah. with my buddy that night and be like, dude, he had to, we had to go get a breath of fresh air because we couldn't believe it. We're like, what is happening? They're clearly, they're stopping. Let's stop the count here. And then the whole thing is rigged before we wake up in the morning. And, and that, but remember, it took another two days, and like, oh, calling it for Trump, like yeah, that, they that kept Saturday. acting like the oh, the like there's still some hope, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're and still then and you we're still the, counting the mail-in ballots. They kept using the mail-in ballots as the uh, excuse. And then the they first. had the the QAnon Steve Pachenik op. Oh yeah, which is the lay down gi lay down gi this is all part of the master plan there's watermarked ballots we we tricked them all we got them all we're we've got proof this is all gonna you know just sit back and relax quantum dots andrew you don't even know about the quantum dots quantum dot tattoos are gonna yeah these you're witnessing the greatest sting operation in the history of mankind andrew you don't know about this so then that made people okay okay i won't do anything and then it was Oh well, you should do something. You should go for January sixth to Washington D.C. Come to Washington. It's gonna be wild. <laughs> but, but, but before any of that happened, one month before any of that happened, it started to come out that there was this laptop. Now, 
I want to, I remember, okay. I'm going to come out, I'm going to come out and say this. And this is a, you know, I don't, I don't do, I told you so's. We actually, we do a lot of, I told you so's. We just don't tell them. I call them. I told you so's. And most of our listeners told us so as well. So it's, I don't know who I'm talking to, but, uh, I went and found the Hunter Biden laptop videos. I was on like some Chinese server directed there by who knows what some company, some guy who was tangentially related to the guy who went missing from um, uh, Jack Jack Ma, tangentially mm-hmm. related to him, and he ran this company called it was I can't even remember it was like CX or CXE or something like this. And so CXE.com, there was all these videos that had been posted there and i went and found everything and i was looking through it and uh what's steve bannon was talking about it he had some guy on his show who was also from that company who was post you know was talking about this is really bad because the chinese have all these videos you know this this biden is compromised there's no way we can let him become president and uh this whole thing hits the united states and uh what do they do they stop the new york post from posting it on twitter they tell Facebook you can't uh, you can't post this stuff, and uh, Fox News, CNN, and uh, MSNBC all say the same thing. Uh, 52, 52 different intelligence <laughs> agents have said that this is Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation. Fifty two intelligence no, it agents. Bears are... all the hallmarks of it. So ah, we'll let you make hallmarks. that. We'll make you make that leap to it is Russian disinformation. So, Andrew, do you remember, you do remember that moment when yes. I found that I was like ta- talking to you about it? We were talking about it on the show, and then um, actually, I don't even know if we were doing the show at that time. But we, I did. I did we were. Yeah, yeah. we were talking about it on the show, and then uh, uh, Fox News. Everybody said that it didn't happen. Tell me if you spot the difference between Fox News then and Fox News now. Fox News 2023 on Hunter Biden's laptop, which, by the way, is a conspiracy theory, is Russian disinformation, and doesn't exist. Well, this morning we are painting a picture, you know, because Hunter's a painter, of Hunter Biden's most controversial business dealings and their key players. So to break down the gallery, if you will, of scandals in the investigation, let's go off the wall. Let's talk about some of Hunter's business dealings. These are things that we know about, have been reported upon, and you would hope the widespread public would begin to understand. And the first real story we heard about was Hunter's connection to a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma, where he sat on the board and made $50,000 a month for approximately five years. Now, it's important to remember, Hunter had no experience in oil and gas, virtually (laughs) no connections or no real world credentials. To get that job. He had the one connection that mattered most. His last name was Biden and his father was the vice president with a portfolio of countries under his responsibility, one of which was Ukraine. By the way, a lot of suspicious activity reports start popping up uh, inside the government, which has led to investigations validating what was found on the laptop. Here's one of them. Hunter Biden sought an annual two million dollar retainer. Again, what does he know about Libya? Nothing to aid in the recovery of frozen Libyan assets that were frozen on Muammar uh, Gaddafi by Obama. His dad's vice president. He's trying to get him unfrozen. You can't make it up. How about how about this one, Pete? This is uh, China. Think about this. This undermines American national security directly. He facilitated the sale of an American operated cobalt mine for batteries 
so that it could be sold to the Chinese in 2016. So the Bidens make money. We lose the ability to produce uh, electric batteries ourselves. And finally, also one you may have become familiar with is Hunter Biden begins working with CEFC. It's a Chinese energy company that did that in 2017. And it is directly connected to the Chinese Communist Party. One point three million dollars in payments. And we're going to show you where some of that went in just a moment. And again, this is just what we know about. But we're not making I mean, this. New York Times reported on this briefly. Business Insider reported on this. So this is not just laptop. This is outside. As now, well. this is how the story began to unfold. If you remember, let's take a quick review of the history. In April of 2019, John Paul Mac Isaac receives the laptop in Delaware. So months later, he's got to wait for him not to pick it up. He thought he would pick it up. He didn't. So in September of 2019, he contacted the FBI. Hey, I got this laptop. And John Paul MacIsaac told me on the Will Kane podcast, hey, I tried to talk to the FBI. I tried to get them to take mm-hmm. it. They weren't interested. They show up in 2000, in December of 2019 to finally get the laptop. And he also gives the laptop to some other folks as well to say, hey, if, they're not, if the FBI is not going to pay attention, maybe you should. July of 2020. So get this. The FBI has the laptop and has had it four months, seven months, and they start briefing Twitter executives on the threat, potential threat to elections, a hack and dump that could hypothetically happen based on disparaging information of a candidate. And then right before the election, Facebook is warned about potential misinformation campaigns. Again, Facebook, Twitter alerted by the FBI about something that might happen because the FBI knows it's going to happen. Let's zoom in on the timeline just for a moment and show the impact of all of this. So in October of that year, again, the election is a few weeks away. The New York Post releases the report of Hunter Biden's laptop. Absolutely. They did. I I I hope that cursor up there on the top is intentional because it's Hunter (laughs) Biden's laptop. Anyway, if it's not, no worries. October 19th. So just five days later. So they know the story's going to pop. It does pop. When it does, they realize we need a defense of this. And what should we scream? Russia, 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 like we have forever. So we learned that inside the, inside the campaign team, starting with Antony Blinken, they reach out to Intel folks and they get 51 of them to sign a letter Insane. denouncing this report as the, having the hallmarks of Russian misinformation. Quickly, then the debate is held. But so, that's the key. They no knew doubt. they had to do it here so that three days later at the debate, Joe Biden could say, nope, 51 just Russian CIA misinformation. Nothing to, in nothing to see here. Then Joe Biden wins the election in December of 2020. Hunter Biden, it's finally confirmed there's an investigation into his, at that point, all we hear about is his tax affairs. But there's an investigation. Now, let's talk about, as I mentioned earlier, who are the key players in this entire story? It's not just about Hunter. No, it's not. So first of all, the, the keyest, the most key player is the guy that looks just like James Biden, and it's Joe Biden, right? The big guy is the key player in the investigation. But who are all the other actors? Well, this is Joe Biden's brother, James Biden, Hunter's uncle, uh, who is central to business dealings as well. So as these go through, I want to tell you, he that we know of has received approximately $360,000 in payments from Chinese companies. Haley Biden, uh, widow of Bo Biden, temporary girlfriend of Hunter Biden, also received family cash. This is uh, Rob Walker, who we know in, in specifically received $869,000 in Chinese cash. This is not right. Rob Walk- Walker, because I don't know why we don't have a photo of him, but maybe well, it's hard. Same with Eric Schwerin, who's a big business partner as well of Hunter Biden. He's been described as a close friend. Then, of course, there's Anthony Blinken. And the importance of Anthony Blinken, we learned this week, is he helped organize that letter of 50 
one big intel guys to say it's Russian disinformation. He cashed in nicely on that. He's got a pretty plum spot in the Secretary of State. Absolutely. Anthony Blinken, but he was very, very political at the bidding. And then you've got the IRS whistleblower, who right now is central to putting it all together. Remember, they ignored Tony Bobolinsky. They ignored a lot of other business associates who are willing to say, Joe was in on the conversation. Joe knew everything. He is the big guy. He was getting money. We'll see through House Republicans if these investigations will lead to something beyond just tax crimes. And because we're just scratching the surface of this story. For sure. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Brian Kilney. And I'm Ainsley Earhart. Don't care who you are. Uh, can you spot the difference? Well, Tucker did talk about the laptop pre-election. But yeah, that was... He talked about it in 2020? Yeah. Pre-election with there the New go. York Post story. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for them. But the yeah. rest, of, rest of those clowns didn't, and they, they fell right in the line on, on Fox News night, on election night. Yeah, I mean, these guys didn't even work for Fox no, News. No, these though. guys just haven't, didn't work for them a month ago. I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> Will Kane, yeah. He yeah. came over from, he was working for ESPN, but, yeah. And so... Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's okay to talk about it now, which gives me pause and is a good thing to for the listeners to think about. What is going on right now that'll be okay to know about in three years, and what is the difference between the, now and then? Like what, you know what I mean? Where where are we with this? We've we've advanced past that. We're on to the next psyop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the. <It's> like- <laughs> It's yeah. like uh, Anthony Fauci or maybe Bill Gates standing there at the at the microphone, looking with a face like Bill Belichick. On to the next psyop. Yeah. <laughs> so I meant to lead into it earlier, but let's play the Tucker Carlson clip from uh, his speech at the Heritage Foundation, which happened right before. Uh, his firing there. It, it might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to. <laughs> to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right? So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates. And I think higher tax gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian and you disagree or an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers, and they write their papers, and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. I grew up in the foul, shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. But... I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? Are we arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government, 
and uh, you know a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant, and what do we do about that? And victims of rape. I, you know, I get it. I, of course, I understand that, and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So like, that's what that is. Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, Good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for religious war, far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not what, and I'm not, certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid-50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that. doesn't work. 
And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist. I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. Huh, that was impressive. So, you know, recognition that it's not a policy debate. It's not about politics. Yeah. It's... And he's got the right solution. To, you know, it's not a, a better debate with more facts. Uh, if you want to do something to help, you might want to start praying. So, of course, I'm distracted by something that's not the topic. But Episcopalian, my uh, <laughs> my, my uh, great grandparents who immigrated to. Canada, Canada from Wales, I believe, were both Episcop- Episcopalians. Yeah, it's kind of like the. Oh well, I don't, I don't know that much about it, but my impression is it's like, well, like we know Catholics are bad, but we don't need to like throw everything out. Like, yeah, we'll yeah, still, that's, you I, know, I, I think that's, that's a, yeah, in very English, yeah. Yeah, because they still they do like if you go to an Episcopalian church, I think it's you're getting the same message at like any Episcopalian church that week. Oh, really? Like more or less? Yeah, top down. But, top down. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it turns out not not all your kids are need to be tra- transgender. Maybe we we shouldn't sterilize a whole generation of people. Yeah, maybe that's just evil. And that's a weird, uh, it's weird. It's not policy, just evil. Yeah, so uh, it's well, th- not totally on this topic, but it touches on this topic. Uh, we'll put out a, a new video. I should have thrown it in the show notes, but uh, talking about the, the general dysphoria, both gender and otherwise. But uh, yeah, it was a good good one just came out yesterday i think so i consistently see people not often but once maybe yeah once once we'll we'll say once a week maybe not quite that high depends how many times i decide to go to starbucks i guess but uh, how often do you feel like you see a person that you cannot tell their gender of the younger variety I don't see that many young people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you don't go out to eat much. A lot of the servers, a lot of the coffee shops, those sort of places. I think you get a lot of. uh, But yeah. Anyway, I go to a lot of. I go to a lot of gas stations, Tim. This is this is my world. Is you know driving around Oklahoma and rural areas, and my big uh, exciting stops are various gas stations so i don't well, see many uh gender androgynous 
people at the gas stations. I bet that's true. I bet that's true. Uh, my wife has become really good at hacking gas stations for healthy options, especially on cues. So we could we could talk later, but uh, she's uh, she's determined that the uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff you can still get at a gas station to eat. But also, uh, if you're at a, if you go to enough gas stations, you realize why a lot of the country is out of shape. Yeah, go yeah, to a it's... gas station between the hours of seven a.m. and nine a.m. And then you'll understand why half the country's out of shape. Yeah. Buying bags of chips and big gulps first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's less than ideal there. Yeah, They got the Fairlife milk, any gas station. It's like 26 grams of protein in that milk. It's good. Chocolate milk. I can't recommend the like coffee from a machine. Nope. I don't know what the sugar content was, but... Yeah, it was, no, it was high. If it's pre-mixed, no way, no yeah, way. Yeah, it, uh, it was like, man, it's like drinking, <laughs> it's like drinking sugar, like coffee-flavored sugar. I don't know. That's where, that's, where, that's where you get the Black Rifle coffee. There's a there should be Black Rifle coffee cans around. They got the the espresso and cream. It's pretty good. The cold, the cold can. I, feel like I find that to be better than the the machine. Anyway, mm. we, we'll yeah. Next next episode we'll really get our uh, gas station tips down. Yeah, I don't I don't really have any tips. I just, you know, I think you should start looking for tips or if, you're going to be if, if we're you gonna want to know what's wildly, going on. I'm... You could become wildly out of shape if you don't start looking at tips and ways to hack gas stations. Yeah. So, well, how about just not buying food from them? It's easy to say, but if you're yeah. driving 30 hours. How, how far How far did you drive this last week? 3,000? 3, 3, well, no. It's it's averaging close to 1,000 miles a week, though. So Yeah. yeah. So that is going to be your yeah. primary stop. So yeah. trying to find some sort of snack <coughs> or food from there is going to be crucial. So I'm just, uh, I'm thankful for the Honda Accord. It gets pretty good gas mileage, so thirty over thirty-one miles a gallon. So that's awesome, man. Good for yeah. you. But uh, one of my coworkers drives a big truck. He's like, "Oh, let's meet at a gas station. I gotta fill up." I'm like, "Didn't you fill up like three hours ago?" <laughs> but it was, yeah. It's uh, if you got a gas guzzler, this is not not the right job there. Easy. All right. Easy, easy, Andrew. Easy. Yeah. It was. My car's not necessarily no. economical. It's a giant box. Yeah, you're usually in the metro, though. You're not driving all over the state, are you? No, not driving all over the state. I would get better gas mileage if I drove over the state, yeah. though. All yeah. these stop signs and everything. So we've got. So the Tucker Carlson thing, I don't really have a theory i kind of like the you know pfizer fired tucker carlson uh i could you know say like oh look at that speech it's what got him fired and i'm sure there will be conspiracy videos saying this is what got tucker carlson fired from fox but a lot of of people don't know that you know he in there he was talking about uh the gender ideology stuff but what people don't know is that he was really 
telling the press not to report on communism. So yeah, I want to let you know that kind of deep, deep, meaningful part oh, of that cr- speech. Do you think Tucker's going to go into politics? I don't know. Or stay in media? Glenn Beck extended the uh, the invitation. Hey, just so we're clear, Glenn Beck is 100% an asset. I know that we've like taken... like I used to rail against Glenn Beck, and he was like a hated person of the show. By yeah. me, mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There was like a, a there was a couple of years in there in the last five that I was like, ah, I don't know. Well, you got the Mormon Church thing. You got the yeah. There's there's a few a couple of years in the last five where I was like, he seems like he's got some good points, and he does have like Alex Stein works there. I think uh, one of the other gentlemen I like works there at the. Oh, Blaze. did he hire Alex Stein? Alex That's Stein, I think, works for the Blaze. Yeah, this whole thing it's been going on, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, but every time I hear Glenn Beck talk, I'm like, "Ooh, yeah." Oh, yeah. That's why I don't listen to Glenn yeah. Beck. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool sweater and glasses, and I like how you're talking down to me. You're an idiot. You are a complete <laughs> idiot, and you think I'm an idiot. People are just let happy. me spell it out for you, stupid people that watch my show. So here's what's I'm going gonna put on. on a billboard. There's this guy George Soros who has a lot of money. And he's, I'm going to draw an arrow from George Soros to evil, and that's how it, that's how it works. Don't question it any further than this, and Alex Jones is a jerk, and 9-11 was and not an inside vote for job. Ted Cruz, because yeah. he's totally legit, too. Yeah, so. You know, so, I'm just an American, Andrew. When it comes down to it, I'm just an American. I'm just a guy in a sweater with a blackboard billion dollar contract you know just yeah. that guy yeah just a mormon i believe who, that if when who i had die, the spare cash to to buy rush limbaugh's golden microphone for yeah. however many thousands of dollars and i believe when i die i'm gonna have my own planet hopefully my wife is good enough to me in this life to help me re-inhabit a whole planet and i wear golden underwear magical underwear and I, talk I don't down think it's to, golden. It's not. Well, I mean, it could be. You don't know. No, Andrew. it's you don't know. garments. Garments. Yes, they're holy garments. You're right. It's not. Go- it's golden in 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 stature. It's a it's a stature of goldenness. <laughs> so, some tidy whities straight from Elohim, the god of Mormon religion. Also, I, I feel like they hijacked that name. Elohim, also Hebrew right. for God, right? Yeah, Elohim's in the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah of, but course. The, of course, the whole it is. yeah. Well, like every false religion and cult, you have to change who Jesus is. So right. it's like, oh, he's not. It's he's like really good, but he's not like God or anything. And also you know? at the end, of, at the end of the Revelation, where John is like, "Hey, don't take anything from it. Don't add anything to it." Unless it's the whole Book of Mormon. Woo! North Um, America. We have our own guy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I actually have a... I don't know why I ran into the I have a clip from Revelation. I did did prep a a verse clip, but that's for later. I just brought the streetlights next next chapter of Genesis along, so we can do that too. uh, I, I, I jumped straight to the end. Uh, we we're did the go, beginning we're going, last we're going week. We're going beginning, the, and this is the last chapter? 
uh, second to last chapter. There but you yeah, go. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it fits. I got the second chapter overall. Sorry, I hate Glenn Beck. If everybody wants to uh, write me and tell me I need to open my heart to yeah. accept my Lord and Savior, uh, Glenn Beck, into my heart, I will not do it. So, sorry. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, I will not be writing in to complain about your Glenn Beck rant. <laughs> so. Nobody will, Andrew. Nobody's going to write in to complain. Nobody even complains anymore. They're just, they're just I, like, well. I will. This is you know. I am not a fan of the uh, Mormon theology. Obviously, yeah. I will say that during my brief time as a public school teacher, because you didn't have any Christian kids, yeah. So like the only kids that were you're like, oh, yes, they're in my class. Were like the Mormon kids. Wonderful kids. Yeah, it's kind of weird. uh, so they're, you know, very behavior driven and what have you. But it was, you know, from, they they do religion better than we do. I'll put it that way. It's just it happens to be a false religion. So hundred percent, hundred percent. I think we used to play a clip from The Onion. The guy heard a bur- heard or some screaming and ran over to a burning car wreck, and he and he says, "This is so bad." He's like. I went over to make sure they were okay, or else was Glenn Beck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not remember that. I, guarantee I don't think you ever played that. Oh, no. I'm sure I did. I'm sure <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to search Glenn Beck on our website. Anyway, we should do something. Uh, no, I'm, Why don't you I talk about something else? I am serious. Though. I saw a clip of Glenn Beck inviting Tucker Carlson to join. The Blaze? He said, between the two of us, uh, yeah, he said, come to Jamaica in a fake Jamaican accent. It was so cringe, man. So cis, white guy? Uh, He's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like, what do you... Oh, I what can't does, stand uh, him, I, yeah. was, Like I said, there was a few moments where I was like, oh, he's okay. And then just, uh, I think, I think he... Started. He he had a huge tweet storm today. I remember the day that Fox kicked me out. And oh god. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, it is what it is. Let's take this story about Tucker Carlson and see if I can make it about me. (laughs) (laughs) So like inviting him to join the Blaze didn't work. So let's do a tweet storm about when I got fired. Yeah. And the, the mainstream media was doing. Stories about Tucker Carlson getting fired from CNN. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? But whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, RFK Jr., they're already pulling out the dirty tricks on him. I hope his. I hope he has been faithful to his wife, to Cheryl Hines, because if not, they're going to find that. Um, but uh, this clip, man... RFK Jr. on the chronic disease and autism epidemic. Let's play it. Well, I didn't know you were going to have me play a clip. And I should have known. Very quickly, I want to just talk about the chronic disease epidemic. Because to me, arguably, this is the worst attack on the middle class in this country. 
We have the worst healthcare system in the United States of America. What do I mean by that? I mean that we spend more on healthcare by far than any other country, and we have the worst health outcomes. Uh, we have we spend 4.3 trillion dollars annually on health. 4.3 trillion, and about 84 percent of that goes to treating chronic disease. Now, why is that? Because America has the highest chronic disease burden in the world, and we didn't. We didn't always. In, in 1940s, 50s, and 60s, we had a really healthy population. We had only 6% of our people, of our citizens or children, had chronic disease. By 1988, that became 12.8%, so it doubled. Today, by 2006, it was 54%. We have the sickest generation in American history. We have the sickest children on earth in this country. And by chronic disease, what do I mean? I mean obesity, but more importantly, um, neurological diseases, neurodevelopmental, ADD, ADHD, speech delay, language delay, tics, Tourette's syndrome, ASD, and autism. Autism went from one in every 10,000 people in my generation to one in every 34 kids today. Now, one of the talking points that the industry and their crooked legislative regulators will say is, oh, well, we just started noticing it for the first time. <laughs> um, missing autism is like missing a train wreck, so it's an absurd... But... But more importantly... There is study after study after study that shows that this is not that this epidemic is real. It is not the result of changing diagnostic criteria. It is not the result of better recognition. It is an epidemic. And it's common sense because if it was changing diagnostic criteria, you'd see people my age with full-blown autism, 69 years old. I have never seen somebody my age with full-blown autism. I mean stimming, toe-walking, head-banging, non-verbal, non-toilet train. I, and I've been around at the spear tip of people with intellectual disabilities my whole life. My aunt founded Special Olympics. I worked in it from when I was a kid. My cousin, my, my dear cousin Anthony Shriver, is the founder of Best Bodies. This has been in the DNA of my family. I spent 200 hours working at Wasaic Home for the Retarded in the Hudson Valley when I was a teenager. Uh, I just didn't, I haven't seen it. Somebody my age who looks like that, and yet in my kids' class, schools, there are many, many children who, who look like that. And why aren't we asking the question, what happened? Congress said... Congress, and by the way, there's a report that came out a couple of weeks ago um, that shows that the cost of autism alone to the American economy will be just of caring for people as, as this group now ages, it will be a trillion dollars a year by 2040. Oh, the uh, Congress said to EPA, tell us what year the autism epidemic began. And EPA is a captive agency, but it's captive by the oil, coal, and pesticide industry, not by pharma. So it actually came out with an honest study. 
and EPA said it's a red line 1989. Oh, something happened in 1989, and we know that it is an environmental insult because genes don't cause epidemics. And the only thing is we just have to figure out what it is. There's a limited number of cul culprits of, of chemical toxins that became ubiquitous around 1989. And, and so, you know, that's, that's something that NIH is a $42 billion budget. And by the way, it wasn't just those neurological disorders that started, and all these autoimmune diseases started. If you're my age, you never saw anybody with rheumatoid arthritis or juvenile diabetes when you were younger. You, the allergic diseases, food allergies, peanut allergies, um, and eczema, anaphylaxis, which now are ubiquitous, are at 27% of our, our school budgets are now going to special education. This is crippling to the middle class in this country. And we need to figure out what it is. And I can tell you this. When I am the President of the United States, I am going to end the chronic disease epidemic in this country. And if I, if I have not significantly dropped the level of chronic disease in our children by the end of my first term, I do not want you to reelect me. Hmm. Seems like he knows what's causing that epidemic. Yep. I think you were the one that pointed out that like, and I, maybe I investigated it further, but as like really early on, like 1950s or even before, I think it's before the 1950s, uh, eczema was in children was known as a direct sign of uh, like aluminum or, or vaccine inflammation. Yeah, I, I mean, I... What do you mean, like, 1950s, though? I mean... Or it was, like, re recognized. As, it was recognized then. Yeah. As the, like, doctors knew, like, oh, you probably had a bad reaction to this. Yeah. Which is either either the vaccines or... The, and, like, I see kids with eczema all the time now. Not, I mean, I just, I just notice it. Like, it's like, uh, what is going on? Why is every kid sick all the time? Why are you sick all the time? What's going on, man? Why are we always sick? <laughs> Well, my current theory is chemtrails and water, but yeah. for for me anyway. Well, and you know the Lyme disease and whatever parasite load doesn't help. But so you met a person in the wild who was uh, able to. Yes, I I had a a customer tell me, you know, I think. Cancer is parasites. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> just a, just a quick nod from the Lord Jesus Christ to let you know that I'm he like, exists. You know, it, it's it's very likely you're, you're this. Correct. It might surprise you, but I actually agree with you. <laughs> so I can't tell you how odd it is for me to hear that and yeah. how much I agree with you. So, 
No, that was a, a cool, cool experience for sure. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't have the answers, but uh, you know, I know what happened in 1988, 1989. They they gave all those vaccine makers immunity. Yeah, they started like pumping 80, out the vaccines. I think it was 86, but yeah. Well, I know, short, but then you know, you got to gear up production, but yeah. yeah. Gotta get those two-year-olds in 88, 89. But, I mean, it's true. I, I take my, you know, the special ed kids that get dropped off at, at my youngest daughter's school. You know, the ones that, because I see the same kids. And it's a lot of autism, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's kids that, they're... And I don't know, well, I shouldn't laugh, but my daughter with Down syndrome has taken to saying like, oh, too loud, too loud, a lot. And I think she picked it up from a kid at school, you know? It's like, what are you talking about? It's not too loud. Like, what? But too loud, too loud, but so. Noise filtering. Can't can't filter noises (laughs) or prioritize the correct noises to listen to. Yeah, there's there's kids in you know that have to wear earplugs twenty four seven. Big old you know. They wear the muffs, the big old. Wear the yeah, the big old muffs, but it's hearing suppression there. So yeah. Well, uh, kind of related. So there is a gentleman I have followed from uh, on Twitter forever. And uh, his name is Vance Murphy. I might just throw a link to his Twitter in the uh, in the show notes. But I have followed this guy forever. I mean, I like well, I started following him in 2020 because it was you know it, it was like uh, cathartic to find somebody in the Seattle area or even Washington and as a whole who thought the way I did about stuff. So I was like, okay, this is cool. I'll follow this guy. He's a construction worker type of dude, kind of blue collar, but he's calling out that this vaccine is, is, is crap and we shouldn't be forced to take it. And he's doing his thing. You know, he later, you know, moves to Idaho and and gets married and, and continues to put up. But one of the greater, uh, uses of his Twitter to follow him. And one of the things that he has always endeavored on is he goes, and he scrapes the uh, obituaries, okay? And what he does is he finds young people who died and then searches them out on social media and finds their post where they said, hey, I'm fully vaccinated now. And posts it side by side, a picture of them, of, of their, hey, I'm fully vaccinated, and then next to a picture of their obituary or the the post on Facebook that somebody else did for them through their profile. Uh, so anyway, I was just uh, on Twitter the other day, and all of a sudden, the man in the picture, who I had never actually seen in a video, was on the video talking. Vance from Washington slash Idaho speaking. What is he talking about? What is going on? Usually he's just posting side-by-side photos where he scrapes people's social media to find them getting vaccinated and then dying at the ripe old age of 36 and whatnot. Uh, But here you go. 
here's Vance's video, the first time I've ever really seen him in action. So I have to make a quick video. I just want to explain that, uh, a, a long story short, the, the Pfizer army, the liberal trolls, they're now going for the jugular pretty effectively. They're contacting relatives of mine that have nothing to do with me. Their employers, not they're contacting the employers of my relatives saying that you're related to this guy who's posting comments about dead people or whatever. Uh, so I just want to make it clear. I represent only myself, nobody else. And uh, we're also, it's a battle with fascists. These people, if it was 1940 Germany, they would be calling and saying, hey, my neighbor has got uh, a couple Jews in the basement. You might want, want to check them out. So, so anyway, just, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and he has a point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's amazing he still has a Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. It's, he keeps it very low key. He only has about fifteen thousand followers, but you know, just, oh, just, on, well, just I'm I'm one of the fifteen thousand. Are you? Yeah, you follow him too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, but you know, just like just like a, a taste from his page right now. End of July. Oh, wait a second. No. Uh, here I am vaccinated. Showing my vaccination card while wearing a mask next to somebody who looks like a trainer. This is in Hungary. Uh, vaccinated November 23rd, 2021. Uh, died end of July 2023. Uh, at the age of... That's, that's like, not right. What's that? We haven't gotten to July 2023 yet. You're right. <laughs> Good point. Thank you. 21-year-old Julie Johannesson found dead in her dorm room from unknown causes. She traveled to Hungary in September 21, which required her to get a COVID vaccine at, at the time. So she was 21 years old. And she, so in 2020, it's a little confusing. So she's 21 years old. In 2021, she got vaccinated. Ugh. Yep. And it, it continues, but I think, you know, the RFK speech to reference that it is important it's not just the covid vaccines because this that is like a talking point of like oh those vaccines are bad because they're so different from the good vaccines right the the ones that were tested oh wait they weren't the ones that are safe oh wait they're not safe either you know the so that's that's why you see the who was it paul offit Who's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't get that next booster. But you know, that's his agenda is we're gonna turn people into anti vaxxers if we keep this up, so Yeah, I mean, for sure. Alright. It's kinda weird, I can't I was looking through his his feed, but like it's it's like super depressing to read all this stuff out loud. Good for him for going out and finding this stuff because it is. We do live in a world where people put everything on social media, and for some reason, remember the vaccine was such a 
remember the psychos post like there's some people who are like hey i got my vaccine i'm I'm a good person but there was some psycho people like ah yeah i feel so good i'm invincible now i got my vaccine yeah they were like posting like insane videos like this is not normal like the euphoria yeah you know or people like dressing up to go get vaccinated yeah yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. People holding their a lot of that was like, uh, like, hey, we'll give you a hundred a hundred bucks to like make a social media post about your your vaccine. I mean, there's a lot of that going on too with like two bit Instagram influencers and stuff. But all these people yeah. pass away overnight unexpectedly. With a heavy heart, I share with you the unexpected passing of somebody. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean it happened. The, you know, I know people out there. They love our football talk. Yeah, Sea Dragons player drops dead. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't even know. Uh, Chris see. Smith, he was in the NFL. He's a lineman for the Sea Dragons. Just died on Monday, and you hear from his family. It's like. You know, Christian family and stuff. Like, no one thinks the guy killed himself. And so they're just going with the, we don't know why he died. It's just unexplainable. But, that's, you know, there's a lot more unexplainable ones these days. But Sure is. Okay. Well, we got we got Bible stuff to play. What other we have people to thank? A couple anyway. Where where are we? What are we doing next? What's going on? Oh, just just uh, you know, tracking the inverse Jim Cramer. Uh, <laughs> he, he he doubled down on uh, on uh, Silicon Valley Bank. He doubled down on First Republic Bank yesterday, which is the one that was also with Silicon Valley. That, he hadn't quite put them out of business. So he's like, uh, looks like First Republic versus everything else, judging from these fine earnings. His tweet did not age well. By close of business on the same day, First Republic Bank shares took a nearly 50% nosedive. This meant that First Republic Bank extended its year-to-date losses beyond 90%. It closed at $8.10 per share, its lowest closing level on record. So a <laughs> some other the guy is a complete tool bag. I mean, he's yeah. It's hard to. I I don't. I think I hate Glenn Beck more. Yeah, it's but but <laughs> I didn't bother Kramer, pulling the Kramer clip makes where he, Kramer yeah. makes a run for it though. He, he he makes it interesting at least. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was the. Like apartment complex fitness room in Peoria, Arizona, where I was living. This is like uh, 2007 or so, 2006, somewhere in there. And this, uh, so I was in there exercising. They had the little TV in there on CNBC for some reason. And there's this Asian guy in there. He's He's like, don't listen to him. He knows nothing. Don't listen to him. It's good advice. So <laughs> this was like back, you know, 17 years later, he's 
That guy, pretty smart. So <laughs> I, I can't blame any of my horrible, um, you know, in, investment moves on Jim Cramer because I, I never never have watched him. But yeah, it's no the inverse. Jim Cramer is only only uh, only pales in comparison to the uh, Nancy Pelosi watcher. Those are yeah. <laughs> If you want to really know what's going on, <laughs> no worries. All right, man. Uh, anything else we need to play before we thank some people? No, we could thank some people. So, uh, Revelations Radio News is a listener supported podcast. We get by on donations from people just like you. If all of our listeners out there donated $5 a month, Andrew and I could retire and move to the caribbean he wouldn't have to drive all over the oklahoma it's probably not true i don't think it's true but, <laughs> it's but it would but it would really help us be, <laughs> it would be super helpful so uh this means listeners contribute to the show both financially and through volunteerism if you feel like you're getting value from this show please help us by becoming a supporter we count on you to make this work based on the value for value model made famous by adam curry of the no agenda podcast uh we do have a subscription so i just want to let everybody know that every Every month, the uh, when the month changes over, which is going to do, I guess, this weekend, it's going to be the first somewhere in there. May first. Uh oh, May first. Isn't this some sort of May first is Monday? Isn't this some sort of uh, occultic day? Let's see if anything happens. Is May first May Day? I, think I believe it is. so. Yeah. Yeah, May it's kind of a pagan deal. Yeah. Yep. yep. So anyway, uh, but whenever the the month rolls over to the first few days. Boom, all our give, send, go uh, subscriptions roll through. And unlike PayPal, they don't get canceled for no reason. So that's always nice. Oh, good deal. Yeah. Nice. And we have quite a few who, subscri- who subscribe and send us five or ten bucks a month. And we appreciate you. So thank you, guys. Yeah, I always like on No Agenda how they always, like the end of every single month, they're like, oh, donations are down. I don't know what's going on. What's happening? It's like... Uh, Oh, you guys really haven't figured out it's not the first of the month yet? And you'll get a bunch of donations next show, but it's obviously much smaller scale for us, but that is a good good time because that's when the, you know, mortgage and lots of other bills are due, so it's good. Yep. And... And I I told myself I wasn't going to forget this, and and I already did. So, um, we got a donation from Luke of Nevada, Iowa, and I always do that. Dang it. (laughs) Nevada, Iowa. Iowa. Yes. I-A. It's kind of like someone with with two first names, you know, it's like a place name with two state names. Two states, exactly. So, thank you, Luke. Also, thank you for the uh, note. Did you get that note? I think I forwarded a note on to you from him as well. So, uh, thank you, sir. And Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I know it's a big state, but hopefully you're not where it's flooding up there. They got some flooding going on up there? Yeah. All right, and if you want to get these next three from this episode, I need to go grab a P.O. Box donation. Okay. Right. All right. We'll pull it up and make sure it's updated here. All right. 
Revelations Radio News 318. First on the list is Danny from Medford, Oregon with $25. Thank you, Danny. And uh, Chris from the West Georgia Mountains sent us $100. Thank you very much, Chris. And Caleb of the Ohio, the Ohio Caleb, uh, Batavia, Ohio, sent us $25 as well. Thank you very much, Caleb, as always. And Caleb and some other people sent me some good podcast recommendations, which actually generated one of the clips I still have to play. So Perfect, perfect. Well, that is great. And then today I actually checked the P.O. Box and we had a new donation in the P.O. Box. This is from David from Elk River, Minnesota. David in Elk River, Minnesota sent us a check for $100. Oh, awesome. So thank you, David. I'll add that here into the spreadsheet. But uh, yeah, so I believe... Sounds like a nice place. Elk have River. you ever been to Elk River, Minnesota? You know, I'm going to tell you something. I have been to almost every state in this great land, but I have never been to Minnesota. So you've never seen the start of the Mississippi River? I have not. Have you? I have indeed. Oh, very good. This is part of a lengthy uh, family vacation drive from Oregon to Minnesota wow. to see my great-grandparents Okay. Uh, in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, which wow. was a you another, know, another state our, interstate name. Yeah. So the, but uh, yeah, I, we did not go to to that particular Minnesota town. I had a buddy who did like a kayak race or something, and it was it was called ten. Is it called Ten Thousand Lakes up there in Minnesota? Land of Ten Thousand Lakes. There but there's is. actually more. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he was doing some sort of like a kayak across America. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, never been to Minnesota. Very. So we, we went fishing and there little sunfish. And I mean, you didn't even have to put bait on the hook. They're like, oh, we'll bite anything. Just catch us. <laughs> Just so. catch us. So, so it's like heaven? Pretty much Minnesota is like heaven? I mean, if you like lakes and fishing, Minnesota is a pretty good spot. Yeah. Okay. If you like uh, really cold winters and and hot, humid summers, um, Minnesota is also very, very good for that. What about about communism and uh, insane uh, liberal policies? Well, it it didn't used to be that way, but uh, Minneapolis, you know, shipping in the the crazies. So, yeah, I I would say stay out of the tri-cities there. Yeah. Or the Twin Cities, Twin Cities, Minnesota. What about bathing in the in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> I'm I'm well past my Minnesota knowledge though. I, that was it. It was a, it was a lot. I, I know I know more about Minnesota than Canada. I actually had to. James was talking to a guest about like, oh, you're up there in my old stomping grounds in Alberta, and I'm like. I think that's on the western part of Canada, but it's kind of in the middle. It's kind of a rare little area, or rare, but kind of a cool little area. But it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not Western-ish. all the way west, but yeah, westernish. So it was, I was had the right general idea of where it was located, but uh, yeah, I did have to 
look it up to be sure. I should have so. been able to drive there, basically, from Seattle. It was a long drive, but I should have, should have driven. Yeah. All right. So did you have... So are we done with the donation segment? I, I think we are. I think we are. Revelations Radio. All right. So uh, Chris White, who, you know, may or may not be the Chris referenced in the uh, contribution segment, has a new podcast that he is a part of. He's not the sole podcaster, but it is the um, Bible Prophecy Daily podcast. So it's sometimes him and sometimes a bunch of other people um but i think people should check that out it seems like good stuff and i have a clip from uh janet willis who wrote a book that chris has referenced a couple other times on what on earth is heaven like and she has a i guess you could say a theory or a interpretation on the shape of New Jerusalem as portrayed in uh, the book of Revelation and also other places in scripture. Is it flat? No. No, When we look at the whole of scripture, there's extensive support that the shape of God's city is more like a pyramid or a mountain. God's dwelling place is often called the holy mountain of God. Zechariah says, Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts will be called the holy mountain. That's 8 verse 3. Isaiah provides a remarkably specific picture. He says, Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established on the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. That's chapter 2, verse 2. It almost sounds like Isaiah is saying in the last days, all the nations will travel to visit a place that's like a mountain on top of a mountain. However, the Hebrew word mountain can mean a plateau, a hill, or what is traditionally considered a peaked mountain. As we compare all related scriptures we'll see evidence that Isaiah is describing a peaked mountain-shaped structure that will be on top of a plateau. Plateau is the flat part, but yeah, that's a... So, it was an interesting take because I'd heard the cube thing and it was just based on like, well, if it's the same height as the, you know, length and width, but you can have that with a... A pyramid structure and if you look at Freemasonry uh, all the way back to ancient Egypt you know false gods the idea of you know the pyramid shape being important uh, kind of makes sense if that's you know he God has the the real thing and they've got the counterfeit versions of it Sure, sure, that makes sense. And I just wanted to reference to our friend 
friend of the show, and I believe he is still the head guy over at eluel.org, uh, Ted. Um, Jockey Lul has a book on called The Meaning of the City. The new one? He's got a new book? Oh, it's just funny, no. the way you, funny the way you said no. that. Jockey Lul just dropped a new one. Oh, no. cool. So, so the there are new essays, though, on that book. So if people want to check that out, eluel.org. Okay. Um, but the the meaning of the city, which is one of the, one of his books that I've read and is a, a kind of an interesting take. Um, he makes the case that the city represents man trying to exist, uh, without God. Mm-hmm. And then in the end times, the new Jerusalem is God basically, perfecting um and cleaning up the city and it's you know everyone's gonna be there or a lot of people are gonna be there but it will obviously be not like today's cities or not like cities going all the way back to uh the very first city which was test your bible knowledge which was founded by who who founded the very first human city Cain? Indeed. Oh. Very oh. good. And it was... Uh, what's the, it's a weird name for that city. What's the yeah, name? I don't even remember the, the name of it, but yeah. Okay. It was, so the the history of the city goes back to Cain, which the is... First murder. Significant. The first murder, yeah. So, And even today, still lots of murders in cities. But... Uh, Wait a second... The, um, so the passage that I clipped has that New Jerusalem coming down description in it. Okay. Uh, Revelation 21, and I thought some other good stuff as well. So. Give me a second. I didn't know we were on to that part of the show. It's good old Alexander Scorby. There we go. Chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people." and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, For these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, 
shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed twelve thousand furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, an hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysoprasus, the eleventh a jacinth, the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Seems like what she said could be pretty true. See no contradictions there. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me, um, obviously the, you know, no more tears thing is, I think, one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. But then the part after it, the first in the list of the, you know, the damned, is fearful mm. and you know we we talk a lot about it other people have talked a lot about it like the enemy tries to manipulate people through fear i mean that's that is propaganda that is mass media that is politics 
It's all fear-based. And, you know, the solution to that is to obey God and to trust God and obey God when he literally says, fear not. You know, that's not... Like, well, I was afraid is not a good excuse. You know, it for us, it, fear does not seem like a like a moral issue. It's just like a well, it's just natural human response. But it's you know, it's really not. It's it's the first in a long list of things you should not be doing. So that kind of stood out to me. But for sure, man, and that that is. Uh that comes right back to the point where you know we're talking about the vaccine and the answer could just be no well i'm afraid to lose my job or i'm afraid of this or that Mm -hmm. yeah in the end it's like well yeah that's (laughs) is is god gonna make the provision for you if you make the right choice right and that's You know, I mean, I think courage is kind of underrated these days. There's a lot of a lot of emphasis on. Never been so easy to be so courageous. Uh, So you know, it just it feels like nobody nobody is interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. The uh, compliance, very lots of virtue signaling in the compliance realm, but uh, you know, I mean, this is stuff that used to be encouraged yeah you know especially for especially for boys training them to be men you know like you're especially the men yeah yeah to be an in-shape man also pretty low bar these days right i mean it's to be a man of stature of 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 substance someone who stands up to adversity has a warrior like mentality leads his family with a uh, discipline in a uh you know, uh, like a need, like he meets their needs as, as like a rite of passage. Like that's his responsibility. Right. You know, that sort of stuff. That's all, that's all old fashioned. Now we don't need any of that. Right. We've been portraying fathers as idiots or just non-existent for the last 50 years. You know, it's like, Oh, just a, a beer drinking idiot who's basically an adolescent permanently that's what a that's what a dad is yep like oh and the definition of a dad bod is fat and out of shape i mean it's you know yeah so i do i do know it is not uh anyway fear fear is not is not our friend yeah fear not fear not in uh it's kind of interesting man it, it's you really can extrapolate on that a lot you know with the the whole covid pandemic and everybody fearing the the virus and then fearing if they don't get the vaccine they're gonna get fired but also just like day-to-day life yeah a lot of people don't step out of their comfort zone and do what they feel called to do uh, because they're afraid right yeah and, and yeah, I mean the the only antidote is to trust to trust God. I mean, you know, there's no it's not a human thing of just like, oh, I can just not be afraid now, you know. It's 
Paul Washer used to have a a bit in his sermons like he's like it's not that I I naturally don't fear man it's just I fear God a lot more than man (laughs) so you know why would I be concerned myself with what man can do when the creator of the world is telling me to do something else so amen to that amen to that that's uh that's some Peter type of stuff. Mm-hmm. What you? I'm gonna cut his ear off. I'm gonna stop this. I would never deny you. And all of a sudden, right. he's, he does, and then he comes back. Says, "Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You love me. Feed my sheep." And then, uh, what's next? Where, where's the next time we check in with Peter? He's on the streets preaching, telling people yeah. about Jesus. And then he gets arrested. And then some angel comes and lets him out. And what does he do? Goes right back to it. Goes right back to yeah. the streets preaching. I don't care. What are you gonna do? Well, and the God of the the real God said preach. So how am I supposed to not? Like, I don't really care what you guys do. And that even right before he did, he denied Christ, he had the physical courage. Oh yeah. Like if Jesus had been like, "Go fight for me." Oh yeah, he's down for that. Because yep. he he still thought it. Yeah. That Jesus was the Messiah in the, like, we're going to defeat the Romans, take the place over. Yeah. That's what, you know, and then Jesus is like, no, put your sword away. That's when he denied him, when he's like, wait, you're just going to let yourself be arrested and that's it? You know? And they, they were not, even his closest disciples, like Peter, were not expecting him to be resurrected. So, And they all so, ran away. Yeah, they all ran away. So because they were scared. But uh, yeah, once they, <laughs> once you see someone uh, raised from the dead, believe it or not, it's not a, uh, not something you would go through for uh, the sake of a good hoax. You know, like the let's just pretend he rose from the dead and and dedicate our lives to spreading the news of this made up thing. Like no, and all end up dying as martyrs no i don't think so the same person who denied the still living christ it just doesn't add up unless the resurrection actually happened 100 so. i'm gonna throw genesis 2 on the back burner no read to, no re- need to play that uh today we'll we'll throw that in there for next week if we don't have a verse of the day we'll just move our way through there um, but in the vein of what we were just talking about with the, uh, dad, uh, being kind of in control of the household and that we don't need that anymore. Uh, we got my buddy, Nate Norman with his one minute midweek motivator. And, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a good one this week. It kind of hit me well and it, it ties right into what we we're just talking about. Hey, what's up guys, man. I was going to go turkey hunting this past weekend. I didn't get to go started raining, whatever. So I was like, well, I'll just get a garage workout session in. So I went and had to clean the garage first. And then we got this new piece of workout equipment. And I was like, well, I'll just put this piece of workout equipment together and then I'll get a workout in on that. By the time I got the garage clean and the workout equipment set up, I had to run off the baseball. And this whole time, I'm kind of just murmuring. I'm like, man, I don't have time, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm running out of time. I got, I'm complaining. That's what's happening. So my wife called me on it and she's like, 
you just you're just complaining a little bit let me tell you something guys i needed that because eventually that'll become the pulse of the home if you don't correct it you start complaining eventually your kids will start complaining here's the reality no matter how i tell my kids how to eat they end up eating like me right you are the post my god listen you got to start being the thermostat of the home, which is the temperature needs to go up, the temperature needs to go down. Not just a thermometer that reads it, okay? It says it's hot, it's cold. You are the catalyst for change in the circles that you exist in. Be the thermostat, not a thermometer. I love you. It's time to go back and have it. Let's go. Be the thermostat, not the thermometer. I spent a lot of my life being the thermometer, man. <laughs> I could tell you about the temperature of the room, but I couldn't change it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'd, I don't want to be a skeptic, but if it was raining too much for turkey hunting, how did he still have baseball? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, hey, in the, you, you live in the South now. It could be raining one minute. By the time you reorganize your garage and set up the, the yeah, exercise equipment, it, it's, true. it's no longer raining. <laughs> that's funny. I hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, change the change the temperature in the room yourself. So are you, are you coaching the T-ball? Uh, yeah, I'm assistant coach. Okay. I'm nice. assistant, assistant coach of basketball. So assistant basketball season's over. Assistant same, uh, are you coaching with the same guy? Nope, different guy. Different guy. Okay, different team. Yep, different team. So. It's and awesome. And they... they Keep score in T-ball in Oklahoma. I love that. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. We are... Uh, we have a winning record. That's good. When the, the two the two games where my uh, the head coach was gone, we won. And, and one of those games, we beat the best team in the in the, in the the league. So, nice. Yeah. You got them, like, shifting on defense? Or what's your secret there? <laughs> Honestly... <laughs> None. Just like start the game with like let's all have fun. Oh no, it was the candy in the pocket. That was the secret. Yes, let's start. Yeah. Hey, let's start the game with let's. All, <laughs> we're all here to have fun. And then I told my son, who got a couple outs, that I have jelly beans in my pocket, and you can have some if you make a good play. Yeah, nice. I was told to anchor anchor outside of something outside of the game because they don't understand the rules. They just understand that you're telling them to do something. So then reward with an anchor outside of the game, which mm. could be candy or some sort of reward. You're going to go out to eat or you're going to go to their favorite place or something like that. So, Yeah, and if, you know, if it's like T-ball was when I was a kid, aggressive base running is the way to go. Yes, 100%. <laughs> make them make the play. Make them, exactly. Make them <laughs> make the play because... Sometimes we get some lollygagging in between bases, and then you know you don't you don't want that. Let's just figure it out and get there. So, well, and I'll I'll take any prayers I can. I got my uh, I got my race on third or wait wait today's the twenty sixth. My I run the marathon Sunday the thirtieth, so I am winding down my training right now. I ran like thirty minutes this morning, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be well. my first marathon attempt, twenty six point two miles. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. It's it's a long it's a long distance. And that, That's when I, when a long ran, distance. Looks like perfect weather though. Is it? Yeah. What's the weather? Goodness, I haven't looked today. Uh, it partly cloudy and in the high 60s for a high. 
So. Yeah, but what does it say about wind? It's like not what I want. Oh, okay. Let's see. That's what I'm concerned with. Is it going to be windy? It's been windy. So it's been partly mm. cloudy and windy this whole week. Winds north at 10 to 15 miles an hour. That's not bad. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's not, you know, 40. It's not, <laughs> it's not ideal. Not ideal. But we'll see. It'll be fun anyway. Uh, so, yeah. 26.2 miles. It's, it's crazy. You train and train and train, and then it gets close to the time. You're like, was that enough? <laughs> Do you, do you run in one direction more than others? It's a loop. So. Okay, so I it's I guess fairly it's, equal. You, I, yeah, I can. You get a little downwind, get a little into the wind. If you look it up, I mean, anybody yeah. can look it up. It's uh, okcmarathon.com, and then if you scroll down, I don't know. By the way, if I have to send a link to. Uh, everybody or if you can track it just from this website but anybody who's interested in doing it if you maybe you'll be able to go there and enter my name in somehow I'm not sure <laughs> but supposedly you can live track this thing so you can send they a put link. a tracker on you uh, I think your bib has one yeah oh okay so yeah, um, yeah well, at least they don't at least they don't you know inject it into you or something no no that was last week so i got an injection <laughs> for the okay so you didn't know about the injection the memorial marathon injection just, yeah, it's just hard. it's barely enters your brain tissue at all yeah don't, elon it's, says it'll be fine it's well the, the good news is it will make uh, you run faster it, it'll it, be, it can make you run faster. it sends <laughs> messages to your brain subliminally and i was told by a, a close friend of mine that they were libertarian brain chips, so they're okay. all libertarian brain chips. Yeah, it's all good. Then those yeah. are the best ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Saturday we're at the Dodgers game, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, not the LA Dodgers. Uh, and uh, Edmond Youth Sports Association can, is allowing the kids to all walk on the field. So we're gonna all sweet gonna march around yeah. on the field. And then I gotta, I don't know, gotta eat some eat some carbs that night, come home, go to sleep. And then the race starts at six 30 in the morning, the next morning. So I'm nervous. Pray for me. It's going to be set awesome. To, set two alarms. Oh, set two alarms. Uh, you know, my neighbor, <laughs> this is another thing. My neighbor, my next door neighbor, he's running it as well. He rented a, uh, a hotel room downtown. So I'm going to go stay with him because apparently it gets kind of wild down there because everybody who wants oh, you- yeah. Everybody who wants to run the race is staying in hotels down there. And then most of the roads are closed off the next morning because the race is going on. So it can get really hard to get around. So got a buddy who's bought a hotel down there or rented a hotel. And then he pulled a muscle in his back of all things. So this is what it, this is what it looks like when old people try to run. Older <laughs> people try to run. Is he still going to run? He told me he's gonna. He's, he's here's here's the official verdict. What? How? How can I do this? Uh, what? How did Bill Belichick do it on the injury list? It's always questionable. Like everybody was questionable. Oh yeah. T- well, Tom Brady was always questionable. Always questionable. Yeah. Or no, he was always probable. Probable. That's he's right. probable. He was probable. Yeah. So my neighbor is probable, but it's gonna be a game time decision. So he's in, okay. He's gonna decide <laughs> probably on Saturday or so. So nice. Yeah, that you know, better than a leg deal, but back is never good. No, back no. is back is never good. It's a muscle. He's a he's a he's a physician too, so he's 
you know, I'm like, do you need to go to the chiropractor? No, it is a, it is a muscle. I have a muscle issue. I'm like, okay, man, whatever it is. Like, that's, that's the worry, right? When you train this much, thank the good Lord. I've been, uh, I've stayed healthy. So when you train this much, you eventually get hurt. Yeah. Just save the injury for right at the end. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing that about this diving for the tape. Part of the reason I didn't, part of the reason I, I didn't train very long, twelve weeks. So it wasn't a long training. So just three months, twelve weeks. Most most marathon trainings are you know several months, six months. You know, I just did it in twelve weeks. So we'll see, we'll see if that was enough. All right. Well, we'll. That's an excellent cliffhanger for for next week. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for tuning in, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say, where